This is Hank for the Wallflower Bee Farm. It's Sunday, May 1st, 2022. What's killing our bees? And when I say our bees, I mean your bees, bees all over the world, apparently, were decimated this past 12 months. Probably started in the summer, moved into the winter when some beekeepers are reporting 100% losses. As you know, here on the Wallflower Bee Farm, we lost all our bees, and I blame myself for this. I talk about different things I could have done differently that would have helped the bees perhaps survive. So this past few weeks I've been calling around and talking to different beekeepers, many of which who I'd never met before, um, to find out just what was going on. I was also in the process of ordering queens. We had uh, 10 hives brought to us by um, BLB Honey in Dresden. And I've split those to be six, and then we've received uh, six queens from Innisfil Honey in, uh, they were uh, Saskatel, uh, sorry, Saskatraz, and some Carnies, and installed those into those split boxes. So now we have 16. We have Buckfast Bees, Saskatraz, and some Carnies. And I'm waiting on some bees from Saskatchewan and Ukraine believe it or not, and we will be adding possibly another um, small group of buckfast bees in August. So we really want to provide as much genetic diversity as we can. Also following a bit more strenuously the Darwinian black bee box technique. So I'll be using some thymol in the first year. Uh, thymol is, a, um, is an herb that helps the bees uh, take care of some of the uh, mites it doesn't eradicate them it's uh, it's considered a you know integrated pest management tool or something you would use if you're using other techniques as we have but in the Darwinian black box beekeeping technique you're supposed to use it the first year which I did not do and also you're supposed to provide a variety of um, genetics as well as split the hives and I think one thing I've learned in talking to some of the other beekeepers, one in particular, was the amount of times they split their hives multiple times during the year, which basically is similar to a hive swarming many times. Some of the genetic traits, of, for example, the buckfast bee apparently has been sort of worked with to sort of have less, less um, swarming behavior. So when bees are given that kind of a sort of a genetic selection process that takes away perhaps one of the methods that they can use to stay healthy, which is basically leave the hive and everything stops while the queen becomes established for up to 25, 30 days. And so we're going to see what happens now. We're also installing the Minot um, uh, sensors, ordered a few more of those so that we can have uh, real good data. Uh, and they're working fabulously and I'm installing them in a very standardized way in the top covers um, so we can get accurate data, better data on what's happening with the hives. Now when I when I called around, you know, in, in one, I'll just give you a bit of a, if we can step aside from bees for a minute. For 30 years I worked as a uh, clinical psychologist having received my PhD from Michigan State so we studied statistics and all the things that go into becoming a clinician. And one of the conditions I spent a lot, a lot of time with and also studying in the last five years of research had to do with the, the percentage of people who just don't recover for some reason from a concussion. 
So if 100 people have experienced a concussion, um, probably 90 to 95% will recover. Some say less, some say more. But generally, there's a small sample of people uh, through no fault of their own who just do not recover from concussions. And we don't know why. So one way we, we learn to tackle that at the clinics and through our research is to look at the person from all perspectives. So let's get rid of our specialties. So if we could, let's get rid of, you know, just focusing on one cause and effect, whether it be neurology or psychology or whatever it may be. And let's try to combine all disciplines or all possible explanations for what may have hap might may be happening. And that appears to be the only hope we have in helping people with chronic illness that doesn't seem to resolve itself through traditional methods. When we look at the honeybees and what's happened with um, the losses this past 12 months, many people will say that the reason it happened has to do with the varroa mites, the, varroa, the destructor, how this mite has, has sort of infiltrated and infested all of the honeybee hives and that's why they're all dying. Now there's a, there's a few problems with that single explanation for what happened in the past 12 months. The first would be the majority of the people that lost their hives, and we're talking some commercial uh, growers who lost thousands of hives, thousands, did everything by the book as far as treatment goes. They treated for mites multiple times during the year, they fed their bees, they did everything they were supposed to, yet the bees all still died. Many um, backyard beekeepers, um, beekeepers who don't use treatment had the same result. So it, it didn't seem to matter during the past 12 months how you treated your bees for mites, they all seemed to still succumb to whatever killed them. The second, and, and this is one that I bring up and beekeepers kind of look at me in a funny way as do many people, and I say to them, look, in most cases, a parasite does not want to kill their host. Because if I'm a varroa mite destructor and I am feeding off of you and you, you die and I kill the hive, then we all die. And so it doesn't make common sense that a varroa mite or group or thousands or millions of them would want to kill or destroy a hive. So that kind of leads me, you know, if I, my earlier story about the concussion um, recovery problem. And when I talk to that it's a multiple... There, there's all kinds of reasons why the bees probably and, and the other issue we have is because all the bees die in one area doesn't mean the reason is the same that they died in another area my bees all died because I did certain things and certain perhaps environmental things but I think it's mainly my mismanagement that did it um, and I'm not talking about I should have over managed them I, I, I discovered the Darwinian black box successful research after I had started this project so I, I have to own this problem and, they, and regardless of doing everything right they still may not make it but we have to learn from this and so in talking to another uh, beekeeper uh, one beekeeper told me it was all about the mites and another beekeeper told me it was all about the environment that a new type of pesticide and fungicide is being used in cash crop farming which is destroying the honeybees I don't know. I really don't. I have no idea. Nor does anybody else, it apparently, because according to one beekeeper, uh, he said that the Ministry of Agriculture and 
you know, the government were looking at compensating beekeepers because of mites. All they, all they talk about are mites, and he, he does not believe it is mites. He believes, as I do, that it's something we can't identify, we don't understand, um, and it hasn't been made clear. So, as we work in our project and, and slowly build ourselves back up, probably we'll have 30, we'll go into the winter probably with 25 or 30 hives. We will see how this new approach works. I strongly, what I'll be doing then is I'll be splitting the hives probably twice, some maybe three times, adding the different genetics. So they'll be spread out over the property, so unless we're doing specific research, uh, on what happens when hives are together. Most hives will be isolated, so there will be no two hives together. They'll be spread out throughout the property. Um, the hives will also, some of them will have strategic sensors so that we can measure accurately temperature, humidity. They will all have the uh, very successful moisture barrier we put in the, in the top roof of the hive, in the top cover, which is about a two inch uh, layer of wood shavings with a screen and a way for the um, the moisture to be taken care of, which we, we have no issues with anymore. And um, we'll have to sit back and watch and see what happens with these different strains of bees. Now remember, the Saskatraz variety of honeybee were, were basically part of a project in 2004 to develop a genetic strain of bees that were better at handing the varroa mites. Um, but all the bees have different traits, and it'll be interesting to see who survives, if any of them do, uh, particularly as the generations, as the, the hives are split, or if they naturally swarm, uh, what, what ends up happening as far as the successful nature of the bees. So that's where we're at with our project. Um, it has been very cold, so we haven't really, I, I've watched some, I, I've been able to see some carpenter bees, uh, no bumblebees yet. Um, some natural bees out uh, looking at the dandelions, but not a lot yet of activity because of the cold. It's been cold. It's been freezing every night, so we'll have to see what happens with that. So I'm Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm. I'll keep you posted on where we're at with our project. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram, or you can actually go to the Bee Science Club and sign up. We're, we have all the wiring in for our 24-7 cam, and hopefully this week we'll get the installation going in. You'll be able to go online and watch one of our hives whenever you want. Have an amazing day. Talk soon.